What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. All right, it's episode 18 of Fish on the Nines podcast. Brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network and presented by DraftKings. It's always nice to do an episode after a Preds win, right, guys? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Even if it's against the Red Wings, who are the lowly Red Wings that are shelved and shelved their former selves, this is essentially a battle for last place right now, and it's nice to at least say we're not in last place. So uh, sad as that is to say. So the Preds get a big win, three to two. It came late. It took to the very end to get that win. Uh, Dante Fabro gets the game-winning goal. So, of course, we're going to talk all about the game tonight that just happened. Uh, so the Preds get back in the win column. We're going to talk about head coach John Hines. Uh, there's a lot of chatter out there about how John Hines is on the hot seat. We're going to say, is that fair? Is it foul? Uh are we not giving him enough time to figure things out? That's uh, definitely a topic worth having, so we're going to get into that pretty deep. And then we haven't done a prospect report in a while on the show, and so we're going to kind of fill all of our listeners in and kind of talk about what we're seeing with the uh, prospects, both the prospects we've seen on the taxi squad, the prospects that have even played some NHL minutes this year. We're going to even go a little bit deeper into the prospect ranks and look at what's going on in the AHL, in the ECHL with the Florida Everblades overseas. We're going to kind of deep dive into that. So that's what we got on set for uh, episode 18 of the Catfish and Ice podcast. Real quick, let's get into DraftKings. DraftKings is an awesome sponsorship with us, and we're telling everyone right now to go download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app and use promo code THPN when you sign up to hammer the over on Sunday night's basketball game. The NBA is in full force right now. I know there's a lot of NBA fans out there. So we are inviting all of our listeners to go sign up to DraftKings and use that promo code THPN and bet on the over on Sunday night's basketball game when the Los Angeles Lakers and LeBron James take on the Denver Nuggets. For every 1,000 people who bet the over in Sunday's game, the line will decrease by one point. Yes, this is your chance to improve the odds on the overhitting. So tell your friends and family this is a team effort. Hammer the over and improve your odds of doubling your money. That's code THPN for a limited time only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 years or older in New Jersey, Indiana, Michigan, or Virginia. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or if you're in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Or in Virginia, 888-532-3500. So DraftKings is a lot of fun. Go download the app and use our promo code and get started with all of that. So we got to win. Back in the win column. Yes. It's hard to get excited because it's against a team that's not very good. We all realize that. Uh, But, hey, you'll take wins anyway. You can get them right now. And that's kind of where the press find themselves. So I'm going to give my reaction to the game first, just some of my easy takeaways from the game. I saw it at one of those games where the Preds came in really focused. They were outmatched. That injury injured reserve list is growing yes. by the day. Uh, you got Ryan Johansson on it, which everyone knew about. 
You've got uh, – here's what came out of nowhere. Matias Ekholm's on there. You know, of course, Matias Ekholm just uh, had a new child, and that's why he missed the last game. But now he's on injured reserve. Uh, not really sure what's going on with that. All I know is he's on injured reserve. Uh, you've got uh, Matt, Matthew Olivier also got added to the injured reserve list leading up to the game, which came out of nowhere. Olivier's been an anchor on that fourth line. Mm-hmm. And so that was a huge miss. And then, of course, uh, Brad Richardson's been on that injured reserve for a while. It almost feels like we haven't seen Brad Richardson at all this season. And so um, he's on there. And so that that injured reserve list is getting big. So this was a game where it's like, yeah, the Preds, you don't feel that excited about getting the win. But at the same time, this team's not at full strength. So, Colin, kind of tell me what you thought about the game. Um, it, it was interesting. I think that, you know, it's – a little concerning just because we played them so close and you kind of expect that when you're playing a team that's kind of, you know, where they're at in the standings, you want to blow them out. But at the same time, uh, I know Chris Mason mentioned this at that they are, you know, expected goals against is 1.5. So they put playing some good defense at five on five hockey. Um, they've just been, you know, they've had some, some rough ones and some rough losses there, but this is a team that still has pulled out a few wins too. I mean, they've not, you know, they've still had some decent hockey and some decent showings. And we just, I think we played down our competition a little bit, but I also think it's an injury bug. Um, you know, for me, it, it was, there was a lot of times, especially when you look at the possession time in the offensive zone, we controlled, you know, the offensive zone, but the thing is like, we didn't get shots on goal. Like it was just, it was just a lot of skating, a lot of trying to set it up. And there, I, w- I was happy to see the passing was cleaned up a little bit. That made me you know, a little more relieved because that's where we've been struggling with getting, you know, allowing turnovers to happen. But at the same time, like all that passing doesn't mean anything if you're not getting some sort of chance on the net and generating some, you know, some danger in front of in front of those guys. So, you know, that was a, a little frustrating. But you know, a win's a win. We'll take it. We'll take the two points. I'm glad that it happened in regulation because if we played another low team like that again and, and, and took him into overtime, I would have been a little concerned. My big takeaway though is. I think we got to ride the hot hand, Pecorine. I mean, mm-hmm. the dude just stood hey, on his head. It looked like the jersey. I, I, I'm giving Pecorine some love tonight. Yes, I'm sir. wearing the Pecorine jersey. Rich is uh, displaying the Pecorine jersey and the, the Winter Classic. Winter Classic Pecorine jersey. So yeah. we are all we're showing some love to Pecorine tonight. Oh yeah, I mean, he looked like it looked like vintage. Uh, you know, I'm not really crazy to say, but it looked like you know vintage Predators hockey where. The defense is doing all right, but Peck is really the one that's keeping him in, and offense is doing just oh enough gosh. to get us the win. And I hate to see us regress to that, but if that's how we got to get points, that's how we got to get points. Hey, so yeah. some of those saves he made, that that save in the third period, guys, yeah, they showed the, the slow motion replay, and I he somehow like flicked his wrist out and just like even when you're watching the replay and he knew it wasn't a goal, you're you're like losing your stomach's like dropping watching the replay. You're like, how did that puck not go in? It's just like fluttering in the air, and somehow he grazed it. Like his reflexes were yeah. on point tonight. Somehow, like he was just like he he, you know, like you, you want to be careful about it. But vintage Pecorine is kind of what we saw tonight. He didn't see an insane amount of shots, but the a lot of the saves he had to make in critical moments were that changed the game. Yeah. Right, Rich? Absolutely, yeah. So so Pekka also had a save uh, against Borowiecki. I don't know if you guys saw that. <laughs> Basically, yeah, yeah. It yeah. came off his it came off his stick weird, and like Pekka like reached down real fast. He like yeah. wasn't even looking, and it got there. And also, you were going over the injury report, and you left somebody off. You left off uh, Lucas Biza. Oh, I'm so I'm so sorry <laughs> about that. Yeah, I know. So I know I know we I'll saw do my him. due diligence. Hey, I will do my due diligence next time. Uh, I, know. I gotta I gotta prep I mean, better, man. I gotta prep. I know. Better. I know. You know. He's like crucial to the, to the team or whatever, but, um, 
Yeah, just like what you said about Pekka, man. I mean, I'm so glad to see him doing well. And I know that we've talked about it before. Like, we don't know for sure, but we think he, this might be his final season or whatever, and they need to get Saros in there and, and see what they got with him. But it feels so good to just to see him succeed. And it's like, this is how, if he is going to retire, this is how we want to see him go out is getting these big saves. And, you know, they're not really getting the, the wins we want, but it's good to see him carrying the team because that's basically what he's doing. Yep. What you're seeing from Rene right now is he's basically – winning games for the team right now. Absolutely. I mean, he's he's not a liability in any way. Not to say that Soros has been. Soros has had some really bad luck. But um, Rene for sure is like ever since he came in to the uh, – what game was that where he came in and played – what team was – I'm having a brain cramp right now. Where he came in in the third period and played well. And he's Panthers? just – was it the Pan- – I think it was the Panthers and we went to, we took him to three on three, I believe. Yeah, I think you're yeah, actually right on that. Six Six five. The, mm-hmm. the, the season's moving so fast and furious right now that it's like everything's starting to kind of run together. It but um, but since he came in and relieved Soros in that game, he has just been locked in. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say that, and he's human, he's going to give up some goals. That one uh, weird goal that the Red Wings scored, uh, you know, he, he kind of fell asleep on that one, I will say. It was where assistance kind of fell down trying to uh, – on the forecheck against the boards. He kind of fell mm-hmm. down. It was kind of a sloppy, weird, broken play. And they kind of snapped it right past him. That was one you can kind of say, okay, maybe Pekka fell a little bit asleep there. But, I mean, he is locked in right now. And he's making those crazy saves that we always known him to make. And it's so nice to see that because we didn't see a ton of that last season. So, yeah. you can definitely attribute this win, a large part of it, to uh, – uh, Pecorine on a night when the Preds were struggling to get shots on goal, like uh, Colin just said, uh, they were the offense was few and far between on both sides of it. Mm-hmm. But I will give some credit to the other side of of the net when it comes to uh, uh, Thomas Grice for yeah, the uh, Red really Wings. Well. I mean, this guy. I mean, you look at the tail of the tape going into the game, and you see. You see Pecorine versus Thomas Grice, and you're like, oh my gosh, this is the get off my lawn game right here. Right. Like this is like two old timers going up against each other. And I'm not putting Thomas Grice in the same stratosphere as Pecorine, but still he's been around. Know, he's been he around. Some, but hey, he made some he had some really good saves. He did. Oh my gosh. I mean, that, uh Grice made some really big saves there. Yeah. They were trading saves there for a minute. Yeah. yeah spectacular one, saves. That one save he had, he like jumped up and like batted it yeah. down with his it was like a, I mean, like, Yeah, it was like a spike in volleyball or something. Like, yeah, yeah, it was good. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty incredible. It was pretty awesome. So, yeah. But it, going into the game, I see the tail of the tape, and it's like Thomas Grice won. And I don't buy into goalie records that much, win-loss records. It's kind of like baseball for me. It's like how are you going to put – or even quarterback, starting quarterbacks in football, the whole win-loss record just kind of – I don't yeah. buy too much into it. But he's like 1-8-2 and two going into the game, but his goals against average is below three a game. So it's like, can this poor guy please get a break? Yeah, we don't want we didn't we don't want him to have a break against us. But I kind of no. feel sorry for Thomas Grice right now because mm-hmm. he's taking all these losses and his numbers aren't that bad. Honestly, and it's interesting because it's like you know you look at that the tails of the tape and the record, and it's because their offense is very much committed to sitting back and preventing your offense from scoring and then trying to get it anything they can off transition. So their, their ozone possession time is probably going to be lower than your team's by the end of the game, but they're going to try and capitalize. And then you got to respect that. Um, for us, it seems like they're kind of challenging us to say, you know, we know what our identity is. What's your identity? And for us, it was kind of, 
it, it was still a question mark a little bit, especially on the offensive side of things where, you know, we're seeing some passing, but we're not really seeing a lot of good chances. Um, and, and there's some chances that there's some, there's some places where we try to shoot from, especially the, the circle, you know, with Arvidsson shooting from, you know, 25 feet out, he's still kind of in that place. Although he's doing a much better job of getting in front of the net tonight. So I really appreciated that from trying to create screens and then Forsberg to Forsberg too. I mean, Forsberg, he's, he can be an elite goal scorer if he takes the right shots, but there's sometimes where he just sits in that circle and tries to take that weird angle shot. Mm-hmm. And he, if anybody can score, it's him, but it's such a low percentage shot that you just, you almost wish you would just kind of try to drive it more towards the net. Duchesne had a few chances. I mean, he got one that was awesome to see, but he had a, a few goal. chances that, that he was very close to getting uh, mm-hmm. one or two more. So it's, yeah, he's coming yeah. alive. He's Duchesne really had a good game. game. Duchesne, look, I'm glad you brought Duchesne there because I'm. You can call me the resident Duchesne fan on the show because I really cheer for that guy and I, I like him a lot more than a lot of people seem to like him around here. But um, Duchesne was very aggressive, and I get a lot of the criticism he catches, so don't get me wrong on that. But uh, Duchesne looked very aggressive out there. He looked very confident in his passing. He looked very engaged in every shift. So good thing there to bring up. Uh, and how about uh, the setup there on that goal from Duchesne? Uh, came from a yarn croak. Yep. I mean, yeah, yep. that was like a was perfect beautiful. pass from him. And of course, the Red Wings scored like almost immediately after that. It was like yeah, that, the air went, it was like the air literally went out of the building. Well, that, that's yeah, one of the, I mean, it was, it was those, like, I was, I was just going to say it was one of the Stahl brothers. They said he yeah. scored like that's his second goal of the, of the season. So, and then I'm like, I'm like literally on Twitter reacting to this yeah. awesome goal to Shane scores. And I just deleted everything I was typing. I'm like, Oh, nope. never mind. Nope. I nope. take it all back. I drew from the exactly. catfish account. And it was like, Nope, that's yeah. It, and like, it seems yeah, like it's it our thing. Like, like, we, yeah. We've given up those goals at the end of the period. And it's like, come on guys, just finish well, the period. So the Red Wings scored late in the first and the second period. Yeah. You take those two goals away, those two defensive lapses. And maybe we're talking a different story here. Maybe we're talking about how the Preds completely dominated. But either way, it counts as two points. So we're not going to gloss over that too much and get crazy about it. We're just going to take the two points and we're going to run is what we're going to do, honestly. But um, I will say the penalty kill. It turns out when the Preds aren't up going up against the Tampa Bay Lightning, maybe their penalty <laughs> kill is not that bad. Yeah, they did They yeah. did well. They can did we better just say – And we got a power play goal too, so special teams slightly can we, can we, like, negotiate something to where we just don't have to play the Lightning the rest of the season? I don't know. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to rain on your parade or whatever. But um, so Detroit's power play is like worse than 20, the Predators. The Detroit's yeah. power play is a twenty eighth ranked power play. In the Why? Yeah. Why are you I'm trying sorry. to crush my spirits? Right I'm now? sorry. I just looked. I, mean, I, I looked. Hey. All that, I looked all that stuff up when I wrote the preview, and I was saying. I even put it in the preview on Predlines. I was like, all right. I hate. It kills me to say this, but they are very evenly matched teams, and yeah. that's and but that's. Hey. On paper, you look at them, and that's well. That's, in the box, hey, in the box score, it was also a very even, even game. Yeah, yeah, I mean, right. almost every box you can check, it was an even game. We'll have to wait and see what the analytics tell us as far as um, all that stuff goes. But as far as just your raw box score numbers, it was a very mm-hmm. evenly yeah. matched game. Right. I, I gotta say, take that, that for what it, take that for what it is. <laughs> yeah. For us, uh, I, I will say, you know, just to not to say that I'm not, you know. We, we would like to be in a better situation than we're in, obviously. We're not even 500, and that, and that stinks. But, you know, 14, six out of those 14 games were against two of the, you know, the Stanley Cup competitor, competitors, two of the Stanley Cup finalists, one of them being the winner. So mm-hmm. that means it's not going to be easy. I mean, we've played the fourth hardest schedule in the NHL, and probably argue, I mean, you know, just by the fact that we have the playoff teams we do in this division, this is probably one of the harder divisions. I would say 
it's probably us and maybe Canada, but it's a, it's a tough division yeah. to be in when you got to face the competition we do. And, and, you know, granted Detroit and Chicago, I wish we would have come, you know, blown them out. I wish we didn't take in Chicago to overtime. I wish it didn't take us to the last minute to beat Detroit, but in this kind of division, the points just got to take them where you can get them. So yeah. let's kind of go over the scoring that happened uh, tonight. So uh, the Preds start off going up one nothing on a on a power play. That one nothing, that power play goal to make it one nothing. That was about as textbook perfect of a power play sequence you can see. I mean, yeah. that every single one of them were just like hitting each other right on the tape of the stick, just perfect. It was practically a slam dunk for Ryan Ellis on, on the pass. Uh, I mean, it was just like beautiful power play hockey there. So Ryan Ellis scored his second of the year, and then uh, the Red Wings would tie it. Then Duchesne got that big goal, and then not even – so in the box score, 14 seconds later, the Red yep. Wings tied it at two. So we go into that third period. Rich, how were you feeling going into that third period after the Preds completely falling asleep and letting them tie it right back up at two? Because I got to tell you, for me personally, my feelings, I was feeling nauseous. I got to tell you, I was, I was nervous. I mean – I was, ta- I was telling my wife, I was like, it got to be, you know, two, three minutes. They're still tied. And I'm like, they could lose this game. And I said, and even if it goes to overtime, that doesn't do – that doesn't help them. Like, it's not going to help them get any points in the standings. They, that's yeah. what they need or whatever. And just like – you just don't you just don't have any confidence. And I hate to say that, but like you, you could easily see that going the other way. Like Detroit has knocked off Florida. They beat Columbus. They beat uh, – Carolina, I believe. Yeah. They took Dallas to overtime. They could have easily won the game. And we've but, been kind of talking about that all season. The Red Wings are our team. You want to talk about a team with bad luck. This team knows yeah. how to get to the third period and make teams yeah. uneasy, but they can't close the deal. It happened again tonight, thankfully yeah. against us. But yeah. you're absolutely right. I was it didn't feel good going into that third period. Yeah, I mean, and then, and then you just watch and then like I don't remember who it was for Detroit, but they had that breakaway that Pekka stopped, which was oh my gosh, another great awesome. save. And I was Pekka, like, yeah. I was like, that was just you know, you're waiting for the lights to go on there for that goal. Exactly, yeah, you're waiting for, sure. for like before he even shot the goal or shot the shot. I was waiting for, I was already expecting the ref to be throwing his hands down, saying that's a goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you me know too. I mean? was, and, then, and hey, let me tell you something else. When there's limited capacity in Bridgestone Arena, those Boo Birds stick yes. out that much more. And I heard Boo Birds tonight. Yep. Yeah. I don't know if anyone else did. No, I, de- I definitely did. And I mean, it's good to have the fans back there at least to kind of, you know, hopefully give them a little bit of a spark. But I definitely think Bridgestone, the atmosphere plays into how the team plays. I mean, you look at mm-hmm. what's on the roster right now and, and what they've kind of overachieved in the last two years. And you got to think it helps to have a home, you know, home ice advantage like that. Um, we're still not obviously there with only 15% capacity, but it was nice to hear, uh, you know, hear the fans give some feedback. I think that helps yeah. the team out a little bit too. Mm-hmm. But, and honestly, yeah, it, it was scary to see, you know, that goal almost – that breakaway really had me, you know, just shaking. I was like, you got to be kidding me. Because it's was. just – there's so much flashbacks to other games where that's happening. You're like, all right, well, this is where the wheels come off. And, and Pekka stood tall and the team responded. I think that was and just hey, as much energizer. Yeah. This the might new, not be a fair question to ask, but on that breakaway chance there or on that other fluky thing where the puck was kind of like hanging in the balance and Pekka somehow flicked his wrist and got it out – does, does Soros make those same saves? It's a fair question to ask. I'm sorry. And we'll never know, but it's tough. Yeah, I would say when Soros is hung up to dry, like he, he's 
I get nervous with him in those situations. There's a shootout. I think yeah. it's different because it's just let's be honest. it's him let's and the be. skater. But that one-on-one breakaway, I don't know. I don't think so. And let's be honest. Pekka Rene and UC Saros are two completely different goaltenders. They're yeah. both very good goaltenders. Obviously, they're in the NHL. but And they have two different styles. But there sometimes I see saves that Pekka makes, and I'm like, I don't think Saros would have made well, that. I'm sorry. And in that situation, you got to look at like the you know the things that Saros can't overcome, like his size. That that goal was stopped yeah. because Pekka's a big body who exactly. clogged every bit of that Great lane. Like, there was no shooting lane for that to go in. So that that helps us out, and that's kind of why we went with Askarov in the draft because you know yeah. he's got the the kid's not even hit his growth spurt yet, and he's already close to Pekka's size. So you know I, I love I love Juicy, but it's like he, he's not he's just he's never going to grow. Like it's he is yeah. what he is, and that's that's kind of what we have to deal with. Yeah, I think when he he since he is smaller, he has to move farther. To, to make up for that. And when he moves farther, it gets him out of position and he just can't get but back you, in time. It's but, tough. Uh, but Saros also has tremendous flexibility. He sure he does. He has very good instincts. So again, they had, they're two different goaltenders, but they're also two very outstanding goaltenders. I just, I'm waiting for the Preds to, to, to play a very strong game in front of him so that, his numbers don't look as bad as they are. Uh, yeah. And that's, you know, we'll, we'll see. I, I I still expect Soros to be in net because uh, this isn't a true back-to-back. They play on Saturday. Right. We're recording this on Thursday evening just after the game. So I do expect Soros to be in net on Saturday. I would be very, very shocked if Rene starts again on Saturday. That would be a, a huge statement yeah. to yeah. send. And I don't know if it's a statement I'm ready to see yet. Like as much as I love what Pecorino is doing, I'm not sure if I'm ready for that yet. Because you would crush, you might crush his confidence if you just yeah. say, you know what, we're on, we're putting you on the shelf. Uh, I think that'd be a bad move by John Hines, and we're about to talk about John Hines and some of his other moves he's <laughs> yeah. made. But that's one that I would add to the list if he ends up. As much as I, I am the biggest Pecorino fan you'll ever see, but yeah. I don't think that would be the right move. Be so do you think he? Oh, go ahead, Colin. I was gonna say, just be careful on Preds Twitter because everybody's now saying Pekka, it's Pekka's job, it's Pekka's job. Their moods yeah. changed so much that those same people <laughs> were were banging on Pekka last year and saying he's washed up and he should retire. Yeah. So yeah. don't even give me that. I know you're not one of them, Colin, but yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Hey, we love all of you listeners, and please yeah. tweet the show. <laughs> We will have a very uh, civil conversation, but yep. I will also respectfully tell you that you're crazy if you think that um, <laughs> Soros should just put, be put on the shelf and not play at all this season. But anyway, so yeah, so then it's two to two, third period. Third period, there really wasn't as much offensive action. I thought the game tightened up a lot more. Yeah, and then yeah. until we got later, I'll tell you a big turning point was when the Preds killed that last uh, penalty. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you remember when um, uh, Grandland kind of had that inexplicable delay a game? Yeah, and yeah. Then he drew, he drew it himself too. So that was that yeah. was another time when I kind of lost my. Uh, I got a little more queasy again. Was when that when that because that was just one of those untimely penalties. We were like, really, this is what we're going to do here. This is how we're going to lose this game because the the penalty kill had been so good all night. I'm like, they're due to give yeah. up a bad one. Yeah, they're trying like Rich, to like Rich was saying, you wish you didn't feel that way and you wish your confidence was higher right now, but that's just how you feel as a Preds fan. It's and a little so, bit of confidence because someone they're twenty eighth ranked in the power play. So that helped us out a little yeah, bit. True. We padded the stat, we padded our penalty kill stats for sure tonight, which yeah. is great. But yeah, you're right. So he comes out of the penalty box aggressive, Granlin does, and credit to him, he draws the penalty. 
He did. Kind right, of took back. Right they, didn't, they didn't score on the power play there, but they stole back some momentum at least. Yeah. And that's what some people don't realize is even if you don't score on the power play or even if the other team doesn't score when you're killing off their power play, momentum shifts often happen when through those moments. So I think the Preds got a little momentum back on that power play, even though they didn't score. And then uh, Fabro kind of does what he does all the time. Fabro is a master of just getting a little bit of open ice and he just slaps it towards the net and hopes it pins pinballs in. And it worked for him there. I'll give him credit. Like, I mean, it did. So he, there, there was, well, I was gonna say there's a little bit of a ricochet too because he's yeah. we know him. Fabro is notorious for the post. If if it, the ricochet didn't happen, mm-hmm. that's probably the upper post again. So I was yeah. happy to see him get a little ricochet yeah. and get it in the net. But but you got to think too that was a good textbook by like stacking in front of the net too. Like yeah, the goalie didn't see that coming at all. No. He Grice like it, it went right by him. He didn't yeah, even I mean, know where it I'm was. I'm kind of watching it right now, and because it was such a weird goal. I mean, it was a great goal. So he kind of skates. He gets a little. He didn't even really – okay, wow. He didn't even really have an open lane. He had a guy in front of him. Yeah. He was yeah. – it wasn't like – okay, I kind of miss – that happened so fast. Yeah, he had a guy – he actually had a defender in front of him when he scored that goal. So, yeah. um, hey, that's a good shot by him. It's not a very high percentage shot. But you got to start – I guess they're starting to think, hey, something good's got to happen for us eventually, yeah. right? Because they've had some bad luck this season. So, And, I mean, and I like they, the, I like the know, I was going to say, I like that idea because it's like you get punks in front of the net and worst case scenario, there's a rebound. We had two guys that are playing the screen game right in front of it. So, it's I mean, it's better lucky than good in situations, but I'll take it. And when you something have a goaltender, well, go ahead, Rich. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say real quick, something else that we haven't talked about yet is they almost got a shorthanded goal. Would have been the first of the season. They, they got sh- two. Yeah, they almost got two. Yeah, so I, I really like that they're being a little more aggressive with that because it seems like they, when they're on the penalty kill, they just kind of lay back and wait for it to happen. But they almost got the almost got their first, and that would have been amazing. Mm-hmm. Just the, there were a lot of close chances. There were a lot of close chances for both teams that didn't actually happen that could have changed the game big time. Yeah, but of course that happens a lot in hockey, so uh, can't really read too much into it. Uh, Forsberg also had two assists in the game. I thought he was back to his old aggressive self. Um, and then real quick, I don't want to focus on anything negative because they're winning real quick to round out the game reaction of the Preds winning. Um, what is going on with Arvidsson? This dude just looks like he's like, just like out there just skating. I mean, he's just like crazy out there. And he doesn't seem like he has any purpose. Like he's just out there skating wildly and he, he's hoping something good. He took one shot from that normal spot. We always talk about on the show and it yeah. like, it missed the net by like five feet. He's got a and kiss. Like, and, it, and it actually created a counter attack <laughs> opportunity for Detroit. Cause he missed it so bad that it bounced yeah. off the boards and came all the way to mid ice and the Red Wings almost scooped it up for a counter. attack. I'm like, RV, I love you, man. Nothing will ever make me forget all the great things you've done for this franchise, but he is just – I don't know what's going on with him. He just doesn't seem to be fit in or something. I think he's got a, he's got a child coming, man. That's probably <laughs> – It's nervous, like, yeah. Like wow. that just – like when that happens, like, dude, that, that takes over everything in your life. And I know they're professionals or whatever, but 
you know, you just never know. It might be might be part of it. He's might yeah, be I mean, I mean, he's been playing. There's there's definitely some nerves there because it's like you know yeah. those shots. He didn't he didn't have a habit of doing that last year, taking no. shots from the circle. He was very much aggressive, go towards the net and, and bury it and be a be a you know he was he was kind of cutthroat really, and we haven't yeah. seen that. We we he had a an almost assist tonight where it was like he was a little bit off. If he had just put dialed it up a little bit, mm-hmm. he would have set up Forsberg and Forsberg would have buried it, but he just, he put it behind Forsberg. And it's just one of those things where it's just, he's just off. And it's not right. Maybe it's the, the teeth repair since he's gotten those uh, the veneer, <laughs> veneers in, maybe he needs to get those, you know, knocked back out and get back in balance. But um, is it, I mean, they use that metaphor of like everybody feels snake bitten. I mean, if there's anybody that's snake bitten right now, it's, it's RV. He's just it's not right. his, uh, his aggressive and yeah, his aggressive self. And they were, sh- uh, one of the things they did on the Fox sports, Tennessee broadcast tonight, which they always do a great job. They were talking about the shooting percentages and how it's, there's so many key players on the predators right now where their uh, shooting percentages are so much lower than their career averages. So you're kind of waiting for the law of averages to even back out. And I yeah. totally agree with that. So, okay. uh, we're going to go into our next segment real quick, but before we do, I just want to let you know you're listening to the Catfish and Ice podcast brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network and presented by DraftKings. We invite all of our listeners, if you're not on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, go download the app and new users can use the promo code THPN to have a lot of fun with the Sports King app and get a lot of really cool promotional deals. So go do that. Uh, so I want to talk about something we brought up in episode 17. Go back and listen to it. Uh when you get a chance, uh, we did this really uh, fun little game that was really agonizing for uh, Rich. <laughs> uh, where I basically made you pick one player or the other. You got to lose one. You got to keep one. And yep. we put the poll out there to some of our uh, listeners and followers, uh, let them kind of chime in. And uh, so I just going to kind of want to update our listeners. Uh, and thank you all. If you're listening, yes. thank you for voting on the poll. Uh, started with Matt Duchesne and Ryan Johansson. Uh, right now, uh, Matt Duchesne, uh, this is who you would pick. Matt Duchesne has 59% of the vote over Ryan Johansson. So that's pretty close, but Duchesne's taking the lead. This one's pretty close too. So Matias Ekholm or Dante Fabro. This was a lot of these people probably voted before Fabro scored the game winning goal tonight. You know, everyone's <laughs> got, you know, everyone's got recency bias around here. That's true. Yeah. But, um, uh, Fabro's leading 58% to 42% over Ekholm. Victor Arvidsson or Michael Granlin? Victor Arvidsson's winning. How is that possible? Hmm. 53% to 47%. State of Hoppy, which is um, a fellow host on the Hockey Podcast Network with us, uh, helps out with another podcast. They came out and said uh, the fact that this is uh, Arvidsson over Granlin is hilarious. I'm guessing he's saying, like, it's not even a question. It should be Granlin. But, hey, the voters are going with uh, Arvidsson there. Um, and then we also had uh, Cali Yarncroft versus um, versus Rocco Grimaldi, and that one's also pretty close here. I'm having trouble finding that one. I don't want to mess up the numbers. Oh, yeah, Roman Yossi's uh, leading For- Forsberg pretty easily here, 67% to 33%, and Yarncroft's leading Grimaldi 67 to 33%. That's kind of surprising, too, huh. that yeah. Grimaldi's that far behind. Especially with already being in the lead, too. Small amount of votes on that one, too, though, so I wouldn't get too crazy about that. But, yeah, so we just wanted to update our poll results there. We always like to share a poll every episode because they're kind of fun to kind of get an idea of what the fans are thinking. So uh, let's get into our next segment here, and that is uh, regardless of whether they won or not tonight, this was a segment we had to get into, and it's uh, it's John Hines. And I'm not in the camp where I think that we should be 
that his like on a scale of one to ten, ten being the seat so hot that you can't even touch the seat. He, I'm putting him in like a five. Like I don't think we should be talking about him getting fired just yet. But that doesn't mean that other people don't have good enough arguments to say that's not that they disagree with me. That's just where I'm at with it. Um, I, but I do want to get. I think both of you guys probably have different opinions on this, even for myself. Um, uh, Colin, Colin, I know that you've been pretty big about this about John Hines and kind of what's going on right now. So I go back and forth because it, it's and it's not because of John Hines necessarily. I don't think he was put in a position to succeed, but I think um, there's a lot of things that are, that we fault John Hines for that are really David Poyle's fault. And a lot of that has to do with expectations of, you know, especially with us being as successful as we've been the last, um, you know, almost half a decade, the expectations are that we're going to still be competitive. And I think that David Poyle has not really been expect, you know, good with expectations of the fan base and at least tempering that a little bit. And, and, you know, obviously it's his job. He wants to sell merchandise and tickets and all that stuff. So he wants to make you think it's a competitive team. But if our ceiling is, you know, fifth or sixth, we're kind of right where we're supposed to be, and that, that is what it is. Um, but at the same time, you know, they're, they're, those two have an intertwined fate. If, if, Jan, if John Hines fails, it's all on David Pulley. I was never – this kind of goes back to the original hire itself. I was never even really crazy about the hire just because he's never had a team finish above fifth in its division. He's had one playoff team. He had a losing record. It was just one of those things where it's like – if this is going to be your hire and not on an interim basis, I really hope you know what you're doing and you know something we don't know because everything else we've seen in the other stops, like we're starting to see it now. Even you talk to any Devils fan or any you know Devils reporter and they'll tell you, oh, he, he messes with the lines all the time. Even Terry Crisp tonight said before the game, he's like, one thing you want to have to avoid and one thing that you know, like, really kills you is injuries uh, because it makes you change the lineups. And I'm like, before the injuries, he was still doing that. Mm-hmm. And so – how do you guys get consistency? And that's even what Terry Chris said, that guys can't get consistent because they're playing with different guys. And, you know, Rocco Grimaldi was also the pregame movie. He made a good point. It's like, you know, this is a, this is a chance at a four-point four swing uh, just because you're playing a division every night. Mm-hmm. But he said, we all know each other. And that's good. But there's that we have not had any kind of movement as, in terms of free agents like we've had, you know, this year. The last couple of years, we've had a couple guys join. This one, there's a lot. And there's also a lot of young guys, too. And so – when those guys are all being swapped around, it makes me nervous that there's not going to be consistency. And so by the time you're playing teams that know exactly who they are, like the Dallas Stars, like the Lightning, and, and even like the Hurricanes, and even a little bit of Columbus, even though they're still getting used to Patrick Laine and if you know if he stays off the bench, but you know those yeah. teams know who they are. We I, we don't know. Like we're 25 percent through the season now officially, um, with it being the 14th game just just passing. We don't know what this team is and who they really are, and I don't think they do. I think that's why people like Rock or like a. RV struggle because he knew who he was in Laviolette's system. Um, and, you know, there might be some other things like nerves too, but a lot of players knew who they were in that system and what they were supposed to do. And this one, we're still figuring it out and it makes it that much harder when your line mates are changing and when, you know, we're not responding the right ways in certain situations. I think that, you know, in terms of motivation, Heinz has done a slightly better job of getting the edge over Laviolette because last year, you know, we would collapse and we would collapse hard. We've had one of those games this year where that happened. Uh, you know, the other game against the Lightning where it was, I think, what, what was it, like 5-1? That was because they had, you know, two empty night goals, but we were in that one pretty much until the last five minutes yeah. or so. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I think he, he's got the team at least fighting, and I think he's got the locker room, which is, you know, I respect that, but I want to see some consistency on the lines. And then from, you know, David Poley, I mean, you got to temper expectations, and you got to let us know, as, at least as a fan base, you know, what we should be expecting because it's not enough to say you live and, you know, you live and die with this our expectations are we're going to be competitive. And if we are, if our best is that we're going to be maybe fourth or fifth, that's okay. But like, you just have some transparency with the fans in some case, yeah. in some regard. Yeah. 
How you, how you feel about it, Rich? What, what's your most what, – what, right, on the on the hot seat scale, I put him in a five. What's the hot seat for you, Colin? One to, um, one to ten, ten being the hottest. I would say right now it's a six. If we, okay, a little higher finish, than me. Okay. Yeah, if we finish below fifth, I would say it moves up to an eight. Okay. What about you, Rich? Just in this so, moment right here. So I would put him probably at a four. And the reason why is I don't think – I feel like he deserves at least a full season to see what he can do. Um, you know, he this came isn't in even a full season. It's not even a full season. He came in halfway through the last season. It got interrupted by COVID. Then they had the long stretch with nothing. And then he had a, what a however long training camp was for the qualifiers. And now we're not going to have a full season. And then also it's like, you know, he motivates the team, but like there's only so much he can do. Like they're expected to go out and perform and do what they're supposed to do. And they know, they know what's riding on, on this season. I'm, I know they have to know in their head. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. If we don't perform, we're not all going to be here next year. And you know, that that's like, that should be a big motivator for them to play better. And it's just, it's not happening. And like, yeah. you know, Laviolette, you know, he, you know, coach, he did a good job until the end. Well, and then like, yeah. he lost control or I don't know if he lost control or if it's just like the team that got assembled, just maybe it's just not. Well, I don't think we'll, I don't think we'll ever know exactly the full extent of why a Laviolette lost that locker room and B I don't think we'll ever know exactly what was going on unless you were in that locker room every night Right, you know, seeing it, but for whatever reason, he did lose control of that locker room, and that's why he wasn't let go because he's not a good coach. Let's put it no, that way. no, Listen, uh, but here's the deal about John Hines, and I said it right when the hire happened. I said, and a lot of people said this, we were confused by why the Predators rushed into it. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not John Hines's fault, he no. took the job, and good for him, but we were all kind of like, okay, a lot of people were on their feet you know, clapping loudly about LaViolette being fired. They were ready for him to go because they were so ticked off about the team, uh, you know, like going through these lapses when the roster on paper says you should be competing for another division title and uh, whatever. So that's why LaViolette was pushed out and the team wasn't responding. So then you bring in John Hines. Everyone thought they rushed into the hire, but they brought him in. And, hey, so let's just go over his records right now. Yeah. Last season, he fin- he finishes out the season 19, 15, and 7. Or no, no, no. Before he was brought on, the Predators were 19, 15, and 7. So when they let go of LaViolette, they were 19, 15, and 7, and they had just lost four of their last five, and that lo- ugly loss to the Anaheim Ducks, which were what, which was one of the worst teams in the league. I remember watching that game. Were, yeah, it was horrible. The team literally looked like they were sleepwalking through that game. I remember watching it like yep. it was yesterday. And it was it was. I remember watching that game and thinking, if there's a game where they're going to fire Laviolette, it's going to be because of this game. Yeah. I mean, it was just it was horrible. You could tell that the team did not care anymore when you watched that game. So they're 19, 15, and seven. After they bring John Hines in, they finished 16, 11, and one, and they won six of their last nine to uh, get into the playoffs. Then um, after that, they go one and three in the Stanley Cup qualifiers. And then they're now 6-8-0 on the season to bring Hines' overall record as the coach of the Nashville Predators to 22-22-1. and 
Right. Now, first of all, how crazy is it that the Predators have only lost one game in overtime since Hines took over? I thought that was kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah. It is. Like, I know that's not a ton of games, but, you know, that's that's 45 games and you've only lost one in overtime. That's kind of one of those weird, uh, quirky stats there. Well, it used but, to be uh, overtime was, like, the killer for us, so it's good to see that we're kind of getting away from that. We've been winning some overtime games. Oh, I'm so sorry. They've actually lost two in overtime because they did yeah. lose in overtime in the qualifiers yeah. to get them eliminated. Oh, that's right. So they, they've got two, but still, that's crazy. So, um, yeah, I missed that part. Sorry about that. But anyway, so that's his record, and when you look at that record, it's very average. And it well, kind of goes back to what Colin was just saying about uh, is okay. the ceiling for this team fourth or fifth place? Because that's kind of what I'm seeing with Hines' record since he took over. Well, his, his, record with, his record with New Jersey was 150, 159, and 45. So – it's very much just kind of. And is, yeah, is that kind of is that kind of a result of those kind of results going to ever win you a Stanley Cup or even get you like deep in the playoffs? The, the best it probably ever not. Is the fifth probably place. not. Yeah. To probably be not. honest, to be honest though, look, he had some pretty bad teams though at New Jersey. Like they were yeah. they were notoriously horrible. Yeah. I mean, he did yeah, have Taylor Hall. Was that a product? Was that a product of him partially? Like, I mean, I'm not I'm not a big expert on the New Jersey Devils from that era. I'll yeah. be honest, but no, I will say. Either. Again, what Colin was saying, if you talk to a lot of diehard New Jersey Devils fans or even people who cover the team, they will tell you, hey, don't expect much from Hines. He is who he is. So, I mean, I still don't think you could fire him. I just think that would be jumping the gun. Definitely not. not Some people are saying to fire him during the season this season. I'm like – Y'all are, no, y'all are crazy. No. What what's that where's that gonna put you? What's that gonna do for you? you, if you, you even if this even if this gets really bad and the Preds become heavy sellers at the deadline, I still think you keep him on board and then you go into the offseason and then you settle everything down, you you weigh out your options. Cause you don't even know if David Poyle's gonna be around by that point. He might decide yeah. to retire graciously and move on into the sunset if this goes really bad. Unless so, you well, unless you see, unless you see like a coach that you know just suddenly becomes available for whatever reason, you know, if it's not working out their current location, but they've had some really good history, you know, I'm not saying like Babcock, no, let's leave him. Oh, let's leave, you don't want yeah, let's, no, let's, no. let's leave no. him in it. Let's leave that no. guy in the broadcast. No. Booth. But, <laughs> no. Let's say something were happened, and you know, like. A, uh, Barry uh, Trotz. Exactly. Barry Trotz became available. <laughs> I was Can you imagine that. what the city would do if Trotz came back? Oh, Trotz, he came back. Oh, my God. O- open amazing. arms. Open arms. I mean, he, he's, he's, still, he's still beloved. But if he there'd be available. People crying. There'd be people crying on the, on the steps of Bridgestone Arena. If- mm-hmm. That's that's the only reason I think you'd make a make a change midseason. Yeah. If, Barry, if Barry Trotz was available and you could hire him right then and there, you do it. But everybody else, no, there's no other coach that I can really think of. Where it's like, okay, they've suddenly become on the market. Let's make a move. You wait till the end of the season. You evaluate it on the whole body of work, not just you know this small sample because it is, you know, fourteen games is twenty five percent of the season. That is a very small sample. Mm-hmm. He does Absolutely. deserve, I think, a full season. And with this kind of season being what it is, with COVID and everything else, like you don't want to make a coaching change because who knows will, what the quarantine process looks like? It, it'll be a mess. And he's so also he, just he's also just barely passed a full eighty two a halfway point of a full 82 game season in his Preds coaching career. Yeah. Like we were just like we were just saying he's at the 45 game mark total. So Plus if, you, if you fire him and get somebody else, you're going to be paying the rest of the Lavillette's contract, then you're going to be paying the rest of John Hines contract and then you're going to yeah. have to pay a new and, guy. And to round out so, this and they and to round out this segment honestly, if you fire him, you're basically saying we're about to tear down this entire team. Yeah, and, and start from literally the ground up. Yeah, I like, mean, Paul, because you can't bring in another coach to work with 
these same players who have been here and try to work up any work into even more new systems. It just it just doesn't work yeah. that way. It's not it's not as easy as people sometimes try to make it seem where you just oh this coach isn't doing what we want right now. So we're just we should just fire him right now in the middle of the season. Like it just well, doesn't work that way. And if you remember when they let Laviolette go, David Poyle even said himself, he's like, the players know that they're they're not performing and I can't fire yeah. the team. In essence, that's what he said. I can't get yeah. rid of the team. Somebody has to be the sacrificial lamb for this, and they wound up being Peter Laviolette. I mean, if yeah. if if the guys won't like perform and do what they're you know supposed to do, like what do you? I don't know what you're supposed to do. I, well, don't, I, don't, I mean, in that at that point, that's when you look at Poyle a little bit. And you're like, hey, yep, you're the well, one that signed these players. You're the one yep. that was very busy in the offseason making these. They weren't blockbuster deals, but they were. Yep. Uh, deals and you made a lot of them, yeah. and you got to create this. You kind of created. You kind of you created this log jam on the roster to keep us from seeing players like Ellie Tolvanen and yeah. stuff. So um, that's when we start talking about David Poyle. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm gonna say. We'll, we'll probably get into that on a different episode, but that's when you kind of start looking at David Poyle. Yeah, that's what uh, I was gonna say. Poyle got everybody all excited. The, this youth movement, we're gonna see Tomasino yeah. and Tolvanen and all these guys, and he sold us. Uh, well, I was going to go back to, to Rich's article uh, in August, in August 13th, actually. Oh, wow. Uh, talking, about, talking about John Hines, and I think you, you said a lot of good points. Well, back but, in the vault here. Well, wow. it, has, it has the contract details, too, so that's a helpful nugget because he is hired through the 2021-2022 season. So let's say we finish out this season. If we do let him go, we pay for one season, theoretically. I think he has a clause as well that if he gets hired, which I don't know if that'll happen, but if he gets hired, we're, <laughs> we're off the hook for that. The good news is it doesn't affect the cap um, as far as salary cap. It's a staffing thing. So it's what it's what it comes down to what does ownership want to do? Because we've already talked about how you can't expect to fill Bridgestone at the prices that you're charging for tickets if that's the product you put on the ice. But yeah, for me, to kind of round up my thought process on it is, you know, if we, if we finish below fifth, that's when I entertain, you know, okay, are there better options? And that's like, if we're like the sixth or seventh in division, I'm looking, I'm seeing what's out there. I'm not saying let's fire him. I'm just saying, yeah, let's, let's, saying. let's look around. Yeah, yeah. If we finish last in division, that's when my, like, that's the nuclear option. Cause if we're eighth place, I mean, that, that's even if they miss the, but even if they miss the playoffs, it's going to be another season in a row where they the predators have gone mm-hmm. backwards. Cause even yeah. though they, t- even though they technically made the playoffs, cause they counted the qualifiers as the playoffs. You can't even really say they made the playoffs last year because they didn't make it into the actual 16-team field. Now, who knows if they would have made it into the 16-team field on an 82-game schedule if it happens last season because they were surging at the right time. So that's one of those things where you can get into those what-if scenarios all you want, and it's just going to—it's a waste of time because no one knows. But um, it's definitely a conversation worth having. Uh, The Preds are really at that teetering point where they're either going to go into a full-on – rebuild like we haven't seen in a very long time in Nashville, or they might somehow figure out a way to get hot at the right time and go into the playoffs. We'll see. There's still a lot, only a quarter of the way into the season. So tonight, uh, tonight, tonight might be the momentum swing. You never know. You never know. In a season like this, you really don't know. So uh, uh, that was, that's how we feel about John Hines around the, around the, uh, around the uh, horn here. And so now we're going to go into our last segment of the Catfish Nice podcast. Uh, episode 18 is what you're listening to. This is Chad Mitten with Rich Howe and Colin Bluen, uh, your host. And we're going to give you a little prospect report here because we haven't really done that in a while on the show. And uh, we've actually got some AHL hockey going on right now. So it's kind of exciting. Uh, and I think uh, 
diehard Predators fans are definitely keeping an eye on what's going on as the uh, uh, the Predators HL affiliate, the Milwaukee Admirals, were unable to have a season. And so you've got this really unique partnership that they've come up with where you're seeing some prospects, some really highly coveted Predators prospects, um, being lent to the uh, Chicago Wolves, who are the AHL affiliate for the Carolina Hurricanes, who are, oddly enough, in our division. Yeah. It's just really bizarre, the whole situation. But um, the Chicago Wolves, let me tell you, this team's legit. This team is they stacked. Are. But I was looking at their roster, yeah. and I'm like, oh, my God. And they're 4-0, the Chicago Wolves are. So, for Preds fans, we can have a little bit of a rooting interest for the Chicago Wolves in the AHL this season just because we do have – some prospects playing down there. And so let's just – I'm going to run down some quick stats and then I'm going to get the guys' opinion on what they what they think's happening or how they feel about some of these uh, prospects. Of course, Philip Tomasino, he's, play, he's got five points in four games already, so he's right at his normal pace that he plays no matter what league he's playing in. Mm-hmm. It's just like this guy just is like – he just – Produces – he just produces. It's crazy. Every level he's been on. The only level he hasn't done it on yet is the NHL, and it's because he hasn't gotten a chance yet. So, Philip Tomasino, five points in four games. Tanner Janot, which is a player that, that prospect that maybe a lot of people don't. He's maybe not a household name among press fans, but Tanner Janot uh, is a really good goal scorer. He's a, he's got a lot of talent. I actually had a good time looking up some of his uh, some of his uh, highlights today, and I. Invite a lot of Preds fans to go and look up some of his highlights. He's actually a really intriguing prospect. He's got uh, four points in four games and actually scored today. The Chicago Wolves actually won earlier today, so he scored a goal in the game. Rem Pitlick is a very popular prospect for a lot of people. He's got that blazing speed that he's kind of the player we're ready. To, I'm ready to see get the next chance on the Preds roster if there's room found for him. Uh, he he can definitely uh, do some things. He's got three goals in the three games he's played. Then you got Jeremy Davies, who we see we saw a little bit of Jeremy Davies last season, uh, defenseman. Uh, he's got three assists through four games. Alexander Carrier's uh, he's been a little quiet, but he's only been in three games. He's got an assist. Anthony Richard is a player that's always been on that cusp of getting in the NHL. Very popular among Milwaukee Admirals fans. Been around for a while. He's only he's got no points through three games. So that's covering the AHL side of it. We'll get into some other prospects a little bit later in the segment. But, uh, Colin, kind of like give me – I mean, I know Tomasino's like our <laughs> our like guy. But yeah. outside of Tomasino, like kind well, of give me your overall thought process of, of, of the prospects right now. I mean, I, mean, I got to say it. I, I'm considering making sure it's, it says give me the Mr. T line because I want to see Tolvanen Tol- <laughs> uh, Tol- and Trennan winging Tomasino. Ooh. That, that, that's, that would that, be defi- – that would, that would be fun. That would be that was, awesome. That's my hope, and that's I, I hope we get it by the end of the season, but who knows. But, um, you know, Ruby Pillick has just been – he looks, like, pretty lethal. It's pretty fun to watch. I mean, it's an HL competition, but when you watch his tape, you're like, man, dude has, has – a his release, it reminds me a lot of Tolvin, actually, where it's yes. just – it's quick, and it's faster than a, than a goalie, I think, can really decipher it. I mean, he's putting some goals on that that are just – it's filthy. So it, it's good to see him. I'm a little – um, he's a little worried. undersized. That's his he only is. thing. He's a little undersized. And, and he's kind of in that Tolvanen situation where Tolvanen was the same way two years ago. I think, you know, you give him two years. He might not – maybe it's helpful to see for him to see action the way Tolvanen did two years ago just so he knows the size and the speed of the game and then he knows mm-hmm. what to work up to. Because I think that helped that we gave Tolvanen time during that, you know, President's Trophy run uh, those last few games to kind of say, okay, let's get, let's get your feet in the water. 
let you see how it is. I think that's what he kind of might, might need if we're in a position to do so, just so he can like see what it takes to take his game to that next level. Because I think he's there in the AHL. It's just that you know what's that next step going to be, and does he know what steps he needs to take to get there? Um, mm-hmm. With Richard and Carrier, I'm a little, I'm not concerned. Um, you know, they're, they're doing all right. I think it, it's still very early on in their season, um, but we know, you know, from from the Milwaukee, yeah, Milwaukee Admirals. Um, we know that those those fans, especially CJ, who's on uh, on the Predlines riding staff, mm-hmm. um, we know that you know Richard and Carrier are very uh, highly thought of. And honestly, there's times where we feel like we're it feels like we're very top heavy at defense, uh, especially when you think you know to you know Barrowski Bar- Bar- and, and Benning they're they're okay, but they're not you know franchise guys. I don't think by any means. Um, mm-hmm. And even Tenorti, like he, he's a he's a, a gap player, but he's not going to be someone you want to see consistently in the lineup. I mean, uh, it kind of makes me nervous, honestly, seeing him out there. He's played some pretty clean games. He took a penalty last night, but I want to see who that next generation of defenseman is. We've had a really good luck with, you know, growing these defensemen in our in our system, whether it was Ekholm or Yossi or Ellis. Uh, you know, Fabro wasn't really in our system very long. He kind of finished college, and we threw him in there and said, okay, this works, but. Um, I want to see someone come from that system and be that elite defense that we've been able to cultivate the last few years. So, hey, real quick, uh, and then I want to go to Rich and get, get his thoughts as well. Um, you, you brought up defensemen and how we're, like, kind of top-heavy there. I'll tell mm-hmm. you a defenseman that I'm, like, I'm, like, waiting, and I'm hoping that we don't lose this guy or something doesn't happen, but that's Frederick Allard. Mm-hmm. Oh, I yeah. mean – he is the most intriguing defensive prospect in the in the prospect pool, and for whatever reason, it just hasn't. He hasn't been able to make it to the um, to make it to the NHL level. He's actually playing overseas on a loan right now, and he's got 13 points through 25 games. He's playing in the ICEHL, so a league I've never even oh, heard wow. of. Never yeah, heard of but he's he's on a loan right now, Ooh. and that just. I've I've actually seen some people out there talk about it who's more familiar with that situation, and it it's, from what I understand, it's a very complicated situation going on right now. So I'm hoping is, we don't lose him. The team is Velacher SV. I, I'm probably butchering that. I'm sure one of our listeners can correct me. But uh, <laughs> through, through 25 games, he's got uh, he's played four. Uh, he's got four goals. He's got nine assists. So yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he's intriguing for sure. And he's and with Milwaukee. He, I think he's the best too. defensive prospect. I think he's our best defensive prospect in the in the pool right now. And so um, him and Simeon Chistikov, who played in the World Juniors, those are kind of – but he's a little bit further off. But Frederick Allard's like that next uh, goodsman that could be like the next uh, Matthias Eckholm – or not even Matthias Eckholm, really. He could maybe be the next – I mean, hopefully the next like Ryan Ellis way down the road. Like he's that type yeah. of player. That's, he's a very good two-way defenseman. So, when he's getting to that um, age where you got to see what he's got too, because he's, he's 23 now. So it's kind of like you're at that point. That's kind of a, that's a complicated. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very complicated situation going on though. When you see him loaned like that over to uh but we'll yeah. see what happens with that. Rich, you had some OHL news that you saw before we went on that I wanted you to share. Yeah. I don't want to rain on your all's Tomasino parade, but um, so I was, I was checking the news today. You're so good. That, You're so good at writing I, on people's brains. I, I'm not trying to at all. Cause okay. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to see this either, but give us the um, cold hard truth. That's right. Apparently the OHL is looking at starting their season up April 1st. Which and, is actually a good thing. I'm not mad. We're not mad about that. Of course. No, no, not, not at all. Not we want to see those they're, players they're, get to play. Yeah. They're talking about doing a 24 game season, like in hub cities, April 1st. So the thing is, I remember looking into this when Tomasino 
um, was done with the World Juniors that the rule was if you are an OHL player and there's no season, that then you were eligible to go play for an AHL team or an NHL team until a season was started. Wow. So I don't know. Somebody who is probably more familiar with it can answer this question, but does that mean that if they start the season, that Tomasino has to go back to the AHL or do the Predators need to? He can. He's eligible for taxi squad. I know that much. So if he was playing with the OHL, he'd be eligible to be named to the taxi squad. You just can't play in the AHL. Yeah. So that's kind of okay. That that would be my thought process is, is do we put him on the taxi squad to prevent him from going down there where we already know he's, he's elite. I don't think there's anything else for him to learn there. It's kind of like, you know, is it better for him to be on the taxi squad? He beat up on all of them last year. So, and now that scenario, if that scenario comes up, I would, I'm stashing him away on the taxi squad. You have to. Uh, I mean, mean, by that, by that time, I mean, we still have to see how this season plays out, obviously, but yeah, I mean, there's, I don't see a scenario where he's not at least on the taxi squad. Yeah. Well, I'm also hoping that we talked about this. He's practicing with the team. He's getting, he's, even though he's not getting into the games right now, he's still getting, vital NHL experience. He's getting in the, he's in the practices. He's in, you know, he's still learning a lot, getting some development. So, and then you don't know what in this COVID landscape we find ourselves in, you don't know when out of nowhere, you're going to get a rash of, you've already got guys piling up on the injured reserve. That's non COVID related as far as we know. And so now it's like, you don't know. You just don't know if if a rash or of COVID related things are going to come up. So for me, you keep him on the taxi squad. There's no way you send him to the OHL. I agree, definitely with that. But that's some good. That's some interesting news, though. So Rich, yeah. thanks for for sharing that because I did not see that before we went live on the show. No. Um, anything? Uh, it, how do you feel about like Pitlick? And do you think Pitlick's a guy that's next 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 man up to get a chance in the NHL? I definitely do, and I think. You know, if this season, I mean, if they can get some momentum off these games and start playing better, I don't think this would happen. But if they start just not playing well and they just keep that up, why not bring those guys in? Let them have some experience. Let them see what – let's see what they can do. You know, let's – you know, Tolvanen's been playing and then inexplicably gets sent back to the taxi squad. And I saw an interview with John Hines, and they asked him about that. And he said, you know, he's a young player, and we're trying to – um Make sure that we don't overwork him, and in in other words, which makes you know, no sense. Which makes no gonna, sense. Like, how are you going to overwork a guy who's already played extensive amounts of time in the KHL? Yeah, he's seen time in the HL. How much more ready do you think he needs to be? Yeah, and that's and that's what you know. People, it's like unexplainable. Like, why would you not play this guy? He's obviously playing better every time he plays. You know, he he does something that that everybody likes, and it's. Like, wanna, what's it going to hurt? <laughs> I want to give credit. I think that was Alex uh, Doherty from uh, A to Z Sports that uh, actually asked that question. Mm-hmm. Want to make sure I give the right attrib- we give the right attribution to that. But he was that's I think that's who I saw it from. He covers the Preds for uh, A to Z Sports, and uh, I think he was the one that that asked the question. Uh, and it, it brought a really odd answer from Hines that I think you're referring to when it came yeah. comes to uh, Ellie Tolvanen. So uh, Ellie Tolvanen got in the game tonight, but yep. who knows if all these injuries weren't piling up if Tolvanen would actually be in the game? Yeah, that's, that's what's frustrating. Yeah, 
And it's like, I just don't, it just doesn't make any sense if, if they're playing good to not give them a shot. You know what I mean? I mean, like. To me, it goes back to that consistency piece. How do you get consistency, especially for young players that need it the most, like Colvin and when yeah. you're taking them out of the game? I mean, it was, he played so well on the power play the other night. And tonight he was on the power play and he did all right, but it wasn't nearly that level. And you got to think, like, if he had another game between that those two games, like, he would be just fine and right where he's supposed to be. But it's hard to be consistent when you're just, yeah. you don't know where you stand. That one shot he had, that was a heater, man. I thought that was going to go in. <laughs> I wanted it so bad. He was, like, yeah. teed up, ready to go. So, um, that's kind of what we got going on with our AHL prospects right now. Of course, we got the Florida Everblades in the e- ECHL, so a little bit further down. But I can tell you there's a lot of Preds fans who love following all of our minor mm-hmm. league affiliates. And so, that we got another team that's affiliate who's doing really well, and that's the Florida Everblades in the ECHL. They're 14-5-1 and tied for first place in their uh, conference right now. One one intriguing prospect that's down for the Everblades is the uh, goaltender Devin Cooley, mm-hmm. who a lot of us have heard of. Yeah, uh, he's uh, Of course, we're, pre- we're kind of stacked right now when it comes to goaltenders, but still, it's important to follow some of these players. Uh, he's 4-4 four and four on the season, 9-1-2 save percentage, 2.57 goals against average. Um, and then let's go uh, – just wanted to mention the Everblades there – uh, just other prospects out, out and about, uh, especially internationally, of course, uh, Iroslav Eskarov. He's got he, he's getting very limited action in the KHL. Yeah. He's not – I mean, you look you – look, he's playing for uh, SKA St. Petersburg, which is a very, very solid team in the KHL. And uh, he's only got nine starts, but his save percentage is a, nine five, a 95 save percentage. Wow. And a 1.21 goals against average. So it's just, I think they're just not pushing him. And I'm sure, you know, I don't follow the KHL every day religiously or anything like that, but I'm assuming it's one of those scenarios where they've probably got a goaltender that's kind of the goaltender. And Askarov is just kind of like the guy who's young and getting that little bit of experience. But still, I mean, he hasn't, he played pr- pretty well in the World Juniors back in December. And so, he he's just not getting a lot of starts, but in the starts he's getting, he's looking pretty good. So, yeah. And then uh, Afanasiev is playing for CSKA Moscow. He's only been in eleven games, two goals, two assists, nineteen shots on goal. Uh, Afanasiev is another player where we're we're really excited to see if he can make that journey into the NHL eventually. He's probably a couple seasons away. At he looked good in World Juniors though too. So but uh, he's one that you would we're all going to keep an eye on for sure. Yep. And then let me talk about the, the maybe one of the best names ever, and I really hope this player just <laughs> becomes unstoppable because the T-shirts and the merchandise will sell itself. Gunner Wolf Fontaine. Oh yes, Gunner Wolf seventh Fontaine. round, seventh round draft pick in 2020. He's playing for uh, Northeastern University right now. He's Sister got 11 as well, 11 points in 13 games. That's the coolest name I've ever seen. So if that's me, if I was if I was that guy and I got in the NHL, first name is going on my jersey, not my last. <laughs> um, Gunner Wolf is. Just, I mean, that's just such a cool name. I mean, it's yeah, so little, easy. Little fun fact for Gunner Wolf, and in respect to the family, the family name, his sister was on Sports Center a couple weeks ago because she had a, just a crazy goal, and he followed it up with a goal of his own because they both. Wow. Played okay. It. But oh, both, she, she's also an elite prospect. I think she's actually getting scouted for the national team. So, uh, you know, Very much cool. love to that family. But yeah, Gunner Wolf is just an epic name. <laughs> Yeah, really? I think I read I read somewhere that his parents just picked that name. Like it's not a family name or anything. <laughs> I think it's awesome. Yeah, that, that is, is awesome. Great. 
just to round out the prospect report, uh, our second round pick in this past draft was uh, Luke Evangelista. Hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, you've got our third round pick, Luke uh, Prokop. Uh, they haven't played this season due to league cancellations. So they're kind of uh, unfortunately on the shelf right now. So um, that kind of rounds out all the major prospects. Uh, unless you guys got someone that I left out, because uh, there are a lot of awesome prospects out there, but that kind of covers the main ones that are out there. Yeah. And we just wanted to do that because we haven't done a prospect update in a while. And it's important because these are the future. These are the players that are the future of the franchise. And hockey's very different from some of these other sports. I mean, the it's it's similar in a way to baseball. I mean, those, those prospect ranks go deep. So yeah. it's important to know how some of these players are performing. And, I, I mean, I've seen some recent articles, especially the one from The Athletic, where the Preds are kind of like – I think uh, Colin brought it up in the last episode. The prospect ranks for us are moving up. Like, they're looking mm-hmm. good right now. They were kind of in the tank for a little bit. We weren't looking too great. And I think they're kind of slowly starting to improve and look a lot better when you look at the entire league as a whole. We're kind of starting to move into that top half of the league. <coughs> when it comes to our prospect rankings. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think that we're stepping up. We've, we've improved a lot and we've kind of replenished. So I think the last couple of drafts have been good to us, but um, it also is going to be interesting to see how we finish this year, because based on how we finish this year, that could affect where we're drafting again. So that might give us another chance to kind of replenish a little bit. Um, we know Pulley likes to trade picks at times, especially if he can get a player, but I don't see any players out there right now that I'm clamoring for and thinking, okay, let's make a trade for them and get that, you know, give play picks for it. I think we need to keep picks and, Continue to build because people are excited about these yeah. prospects. Paul's yeah, going to have to sure. give away some. Paul's going to be giving away some picks to the Seattle Kraken to take. Oh yeah, Gainer that's, that's another really. <laughs> hey, the expansion draft it might take up a whole episode here and not yeah. too distant future. It'll be exciting. Think there's a lot of different ways the Preds might go with that, and I think a lot yeah. of it has to do with how this season plays out. So look yeah. forward to that in a future episode, yeah. Catfish and Ice podcast. So we're about to wrap up episode 18 of the Catfish and Ice podcast. Uh, We appreciate all of our listeners and all of our viewers on Twitter and live on Periscope watching right now. We really appreciate it. Definitely. Always feel free to tweet the show. We we try to respond to every person who tweets us and reaches out to us because we really do appreciate you. Uh, You're what makes the show possible. So we really appreciate you. And if you want to start checking out this uh, legal sports betting thing that's going on, we de- there's a lot of different sportsbook apps you can choose. DraftKings is what you want. There, it's the most, it's the easiest app to uh, to work through. It's very, it's very user friendly. I can say from firsthand because it was kind of new to me when I first started checking it out. And, and sports betting is not for everyone, but for the people who do want to check it out, you got to go get the sports king uh, DraftKings sportsbook app. If you're an NBA fan, perfect deal for you. Sunday night, the Lakers and the uh, Denver Nuggets are playing, and you can. Just bet on the over, and the odds are so stacked in your favor to double your money that it's 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 easy. It's an easy little thing to do. So use that promo code THPN. Download the app on your smartphone. Easy way to have some fun, win a little money, enjoy yourself. And who doesn't want to watch uh, King James? I mean, the dude just he's he's like the Tom Brady of basketball. The guy just doesn't stop coming at you. So uh, fun way to to win a little bit bit of money this Sunday night. And so, as we do every episode, I got to ask Colin and Rich, you guys got anything else before we go on and send all of our awesome listeners on their way with a win? Send them with, got a win. 
Need to, do it again. Need to do it again Saturday. Except, yeah. except score a lot more this time and just show them the boss. <laughs> yeah. yeah. More I shots mean, on goal, please. More shots. Definitely on more shots on goal for sure. Let's hold off on hitting the panic line or the panic button. We don't want to do that just yet. We have I think to it's too late for that. I think so many people have mashed that oh, button man. down. It's so bad. <laughs> we, we got, I don't know. I guess time. I don't know if you guys get on Facebook and look at their product. Their, I try their, to avoid it, honestly. Oh, it is. You it's, think Twitter's bad? It uh, is. F- Facebook's terrible. Oh, man, it is. For the so- most part, Twitter, like a lot of them, they seem to be like kind of chill about it, and they kind of have Facebook's just like a, a re- such a raw swing of emotions. It is. It's man. like I mean, oh my yeah. gosh, it's hey, crazy. Be- yeah. Before we before we go here, I got a little added bonus for you guys, uh, and for those that like are watching us live. So I'm gonna I'm gonna share something with you real quick, and we this is, uh, yeah, it's, it's a little ridiculous, but. This is for, this is for the real fans. All right. I'm backing out real quick so I can add it. There we go. We're there. Computer's moving. Computer's moving a little slow. Let me add this to the stream so everyone can check it out. I don't know what you're about to add. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so uh, Mr. T-Line. Mr. T-Line there. Wow. I'm just saying wow. I'm, ready for, I'm ready for it. For all, for all of our listeners right now uh, that <laughs> can't witness this uh, beauty in person right now, uh, go watch the live stream on Twitter later on, or I can just visualize it for you right now. It's got Tomasino in the middle. It's got Yakov Trennan, and it's got Ellie Tolvanen, and they look like Mr. T. They do. They've got wow. the awesome little hairdo. It's like Mr. T. So well done. We are going to definitely tweet this out on the account later because that's awesome. Put some gold chains on We can have the gold chains. We we'll, do that. we'll do put that in post-production. Put some gold chains and then put the van, the A-team van in the background. As I say, we got to do that in post. That's a perfect way to round out episode 18 and all of our craziness. So we're leaving out into victory. The next time we see you will be Monday. We record every Thursday and Monday evening. So the next time we'll see you is Monday. That will be after the Preds have already played the Red Wings on Saturday, and it will be also following the Dallas Stars. So, guys, get ready because we we got to see those uh, Dallas Stars again. They're almost as they're almost as dreaded to me as the Tampa Bay Lightning. Like it's just hey, like I just kind of like. Guess what though? Go ahead. They're only one point ahead in the standings right now. That's amazing. Yeah, the, and what happened? Nashville's, Nashville's got twelve, they and they've got thirteen. They played Do the I, Hurricanes tonight, and they lost. They lost. In regulation, the stars are kind of reeling a little bit. They are. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna bring that up. The the, that was, the scores hey, real that's fast. Gonna be an interesting game. Here's another one. Yep. Panthers. Panthers beat the Lightning five two. Panthers beat the Lightning. Blue Panthers Jackets are looking really good. Yeah, Panthers. Uh, Panthers beat them. Uh, Blue Jackets beat the Blackhawks, and that is it for the Central. Yep. So yep. the big so one though, the Panthers Lightning game. So. I mean, it's right now we have a, we have some ground to make up for sure, but you yep. can make it up quick. That's the beauty of this schedule. So, Definitely. Um, yep. That's gonna that's gonna wrap up episode eighteen. We'll see you uh, next week, and we will be reacting to two new games. Hopefully, two more wins. If we go into Monday with a three game winning streak, um, yeah, we're gonna. I don't know what I might be doing. I might yeah, I know, try I'm to just, do something crazy on this. Crazy. Show. I don't know. We'll see. I said we could shave our heads, but we kind of already have that. Uh, covered, so. Yeah, I can't. I mean, I can shave. I can shave my head. Technically, wait, wait, I could wait. shave my head right now. I got. I got fresh cut. So. All right. All right. So until then, everyone, thank you so much for listening. This is the Fish Nice Podcast, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. 
presented by DraftKings, and we will see you again next week for episode 19. We'll do it all over again. So everyone take care and be safe, all right?